We've covered a part of the investment space and how women can not only pave the way for themselves, take ownership of their careers and lives, but also find ways to challenge the status quo and improve things for the coming generation of investment professionals. Together with the ESCOM Pension and Provident Fund, over the next couple of weeks, um, our Sisterhood Our Conversations podcast will be touching on more topics related to the industry, growing within it, its transformation, and how it's moving to be more inclusive. And today, shoo, our conversation is all about the human resource space. I always find that everybody has their own human resource story, but that's totally a podcast for another day. Shailis Nguna is the Head of Human Resources at ESCOM Pension and Provident Fund, EPPF, and is our guest today. She holds a BA Honours in Psychology from the University of the Western Cape, is a, is a registered psychometrist with the Health Professions Council of South Africa, and obtained her Master of Commerce in Business Management at the University of Johannesburg. Shailis joined EPPF on the 27, oh no, <laughs> on April 2017, having started her career at a large retail group in Cape Town. Prior to joining EPPF, she held various roles, HR roles, in different financial institutions in the country. Hello, Shilas, and welcome to Sister at Our Conversations. Hi, hi, Pumeza. I am so excited. I'm looking forward to our conversation. How did you start? Like, when did you decide this is, is the space that you want to be in? Pumeza, I've always been fascinated um, about human behavior and, mm. and passionate about helping people realize their potential and stepping into their purpose. And I think it started um, early back when I was young in my community, um, where, you know, growing up in a small township in, in Bumalanga next to Hezevi, an unknown township, mm. you know, it was, um, it was a community, the whole concept of Ubuntu, the whole com concept of humanity, seeing it there, it built something in me. So um, HR didn't find me, I found HR. Um, it has always been a passion of mine because um, a community made me who I am today. It was not just about my parents. And I mean, when you are young, you're thinking, oh, these people might be related to daddy or mommy. And that's why they are so involved in, in my life. Mm. Only at a later stage, you realize that it was just really um, the concept of Ubuntu and, and, and people creating um, opportunities or platforms or helping out because it is indeed a poor community, helping out just to see us as kids growing up in the community being successful. So that sort of triggered the interest in, in human behavior, in 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 in. in basically um, contributing to young people so that they can realize their potential. So hence I studied psychology. I always say people is my business. Ah, I love that. And I think what you're touching on in terms of that sense of Ubuntu in communities, I mean, it's something that we rarely see nowadays. And I've always thought that human resources, it's about the humans. It's yes, you're looking for the resources, but you know, it's about the individuals that are coming into the organization. Um, organizations need those people and it should, it's a mutual relationship. And I think it's so important that we always remind ourselves of that because without the people, organizations wouldn't be the, 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 the spaces that they're in. Um, whether you are a, you know, customer centric, I mean, customer centric is, some, is a word that I was introduced to a couple of years ago. And it's not necessarily just, you know, saying you're customer centric. You have to be about the individuals who work in the organization as well, because those are your first customers, right? And I, I love that. Like you are about 
the human capital, but you're about the people and understanding the essence of individuals. You know, in future, we must consider this human resources as, as, as a, mm. you know, the resources element. Um, it is about human experience. So yeah. maybe the change must come and say, you know, it's human experience <laughs> instead of resources. Human resources. I think it should. And I'm saying you should stop that. Can, can you, let, 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 let's do some papers on it. Let's get some, you know, movement going there because it is a human experience. And I think it should absolutely change. The, the, the terminology should be changed. And I think that's when we start, because words have power, right? So if we start changing the words, then, you know, the, the way that we relate to it and relate to one another that will also shift, I think. Definitely. And touching on, on the, the parts about Ubuntu and your, your chosen qualification, but also how you grew up, you are a big advocate for servant leadership. And I remember reading a piece that um, you had written um, or you were quoted in. And for me, it's, it's so important because servant leadership is, is something that few people really get and understand and can mm. fully immerse themselves in. Um, but so why is it important to you and why is it such an, an, an incredible um, part of your journey in terms of your, your career and your position? And how do you feel it makes an impact on people and organizations? You know, um, taking from the last point around human experience, and it's 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 really it's it's not even um, a joke. It's 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 a reality that we really need to consider as 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 um, HC professionals. Mm. Servant leadership, um, it, it for me, it's 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 such a deep concept, because I don't see leadership as a title, but it is at the core of it. It's about serving others, and and when you place in a role of, we are placed in a role of leadership. Your job, it's, it's not for you to be this superhuman who knows everything, mm. but it's actually about creating platforms for people to be able to excel and serve our members and also feel a sense of belonging as they are working under your leadership. Um, so for me, servant leadership um, touches um, the core of what leadership is it's, it's all about. And I think EPPF as a business, um, we are in a business of serving. We are in a business of serving our members, in a business of serving our patients. And that is why even sitting in the HR space as the HR leader, when it happens that I receive a pensioner query, it is my responsibility, not to just to pass it on, but to ensure that that query is resolved. And that's about seven, um, it's seven leadership um, uh, on its own. So for me, it, 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 it's been anchored by some of the books that I read as well, such as um, Leaders It Eat Last by, by Simon. So, so those are, are, are leadership books that, that basically entrenches or anchors this concept of, of, of leadership being about serving others. And it's, it's not about yourself. It's, it's, a greater, it's a greater calling. And it's not even about a title. You can demonstrate that servant, servant leadership in, in any role that you are in um, and make sure that ultimately our members are delighted by the service that we do offer them. Um, that's why for me, it's quite important. And the, again, the industry that I'm in, the environment that I'm in, it's about serving. Wow. That's so, oh, wow. <laughs> Please, can you package that and like send it out <laughs> to as many people in the HR space? <laughs> it's so incredibly important. And, and it's such a powerful reminder that it's about serving other individuals and ensuring that they have like a really incredible experience um, working with you and being with you. Um, because of 
whatever it is that they're looking from you like their first experience is of you and it can either make or break and it's it's crucial no i love that thank you so much for sharing it um but touching on the fact that you know human resources has received tough criticism on how it focuses more on organization's needs as opposed to factoring employees and the human capital of the organization i mean how how do you when someone says to you oh you know what hr is only about the business they don't care about employees what do you say to that because i'm sure you've heard it a few times maybe um so how do you how do you oh yes <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's that's the narrative that um, we, you know we need to to be changing. Mm. Um, unfortunately, it is it is a perception that dates back, probably before my time, even in in the HR fraternity. Um, you know, when you get a call from HR, it's 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 more like you know what did I do wrong? Yep. So yes. that's the narrative that we 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 constantly as 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 HR professionals, we need to to change. And mm. how how do we go about that? You know, through 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 the experience, um, the employee experience over time, um, it will change that perception. And 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 as we continue um, shifting the dial and, and evolving the employee value proposition, yeah. which is really ab- about being advocate for people people issues, um, it will start having that you know change or resulting into that change, so that people understand that we are there for them, we are accessible. Um, we are there to advise line managers and we are there to advocate for people um, um, People uh, matters. And you can't just claim to be advocating for people matters. Your employee value proposition, mm-hmm. how people feel about the organization is testament to what um, you are doing. Look, it's not a, um, a once-off thing that will change overnight, yeah. but as they ex- their journey with an organization um, changes and they feel they are involved, they are listened to, they contribute to the bigger picture Papers. That's when you know that that story will, will start changing, and just being accessible from from an from an HR perspective. I mean, especially nowadays with millennials, um, you know, forming the majority of of the workforce that we have, Gen Z are coming into the workforce as well. Mm-hmm. What they need, it's important to listen to them and understand exactly what is it that they need in the environment. They want to make an impact. I mean, when you're sitting in interviews with 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 this young talent, yeah. they they are actually interviewing you as well because nowadays they can choose. There's a choice. It's not about you choosing them, but they make decisions to say, do I want to work for this organization? Do I want to work for this kind of leader? They, they, they search you first before they come and meet with you and just <laughs> yes. get to understand who you are. So, so, so they can, they have that, um, that choice. So it's important that as you evolve your employee value proposition, that, that kind of narrative will, will, will change. But having said that, from an HR perspective, it's also important not to overlook the fact that obviously there's an element of, 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 of um, you know, discipline that we need to instill in organization. There's, there's two quotes that are, you know, quite interesting for me. Um, Jack Walsh once said, my main job, um, you know, was to develop talent. I was a gardener providing water and other nourishment yeah. to our top 750 people. Of course, I had to pull some weeds out too. So, so that's quite yeah. important mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it's sort of a balanced act because, um, you know, another quote says that um, nothing will kill a great employee faster than watching you tolerate a poor performer. Oh, that is so true. So, so there's a balancing act to make sure that 
people are recognized, mm-hmm. um, people um, are given meaningful work, mm-hmm. and that will shift that, that narrative. But mm-hmm. also where you need to deal with issues, dealing with them, but in a fair manner. That mm-hmm. becomes important and it will change that narrative that says that no HR, um, it's not for people because we are indeed there for our people who are the most important asset for our organization. Oh, wow. That, you know, everything that you're saying right now, I'm like, where were you in the beginning of my career? <laughs> and especially during some hard moments, because hearing you say that just like I've always believed that about H about HR and what you say in terms of HR and how it's linked to employee relations and how you know it's it's not just about senior members it's about everybody and also how when as and I feel that a lot of the times we need to be empowered even as employees um, or even like you know job seekers um, and yeah. you're just part of the workforce you need to feel empowered you need to feel like actually I I have a voice I can also you know speak up when it comes to issues that are related to you know the workplace and and take away that um, element of fear because a lot of the time it's you know as you say when you get a call from HR like you're like yo like what happened yeah you know like already you're freaking out you're making sure you know your back has covered you like yo who did I not smile at today who did I not give good service to like it's panic mode and it should not be because, mm-hmm. you know, it, sh- it obviously it's a place of work and business must be, you know, taken care of and adhered to and all the things that need to be done, but it shouldn't give you that sense of panic, which, which comes yeah. in. It, and, and it's, and it's so important that, you know, we openly have those conversations and even when HR needs to receive feedback, you know, HR is also um, open to the feedback it receives because you know feedback is important you know that's only yeah, you really can yeah. move forward yeah and, and on that point around feedback mm. Pumas I can confirm now that um, since I've been with the fund yeah. and most of the um, policy changes benefits changes that I've implemented to date yeah. it was because of feedback from my employees wow because you need to be able for, for HR to make an, an, an impact, yeah. for the impact to be felt, yeah. you need to listen to what your employees are saying. Yeah. And at that point in time, it might feel like um, maybe it's coming out a bit harsh or whatever, but you step back and understand where they are coming from. Would you rather lose your talent to the market? Because you can at any given point. Or would you rather choose to listen to what they're saying? And if there's room for adjusting, be it policies, be it benefits, you do that to be able to retain um, your, 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 your talent so that ultimately there's an impact that your members can feel in terms of them, us offering the service that we need to offer to them. Like I, I truly feel like they're the individuals who need to hear that in the HR spaces. But I think also for us as as talent, we need to understand that and and know that as well. And apart from um, what you shared just now, like I mean, COVID has shifted how the world of work looks. So apart from millennials coming in and generation, I'm not too sure which letter we are on at the moment. But um, <laughs> you you've like. For, for the global pandemic that's that's hit the world, I mean, you've come from an, 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 um, a background where you had your own kind of financial pandemic, global crisis that took place in your previous role. How have you been able to take the lessons from there 
and then found a way to say, okay, you know, team, EPPF, clients, this is how we can weather this particular storm. Because I think a lot of organizations are found wanting on how to manage it. So how have you been able to do that for your own organization, taking some of the lessons that you've learned previously? Yeah, look, at, at the time that I was um, at, at Standard Bank mm. um, Global Markets, it was quite an interesting journey, um, and especially with the, the, the economic meltdown yeah. at that point in time. It, it, it taught me to, to, from an HR perspective, um, and also from a business perspective, mm. to, 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 be, to be more responsive, to be more aware, to be creative in terms of um, thinking about the future and understanding that obviously we need to be able to somewhat um, understand that the world of work will continue change, what is expected or solutions that we're implementing today or how we go about addressing today's problems. It's not going to make us successful for tomorrow. So we constantly need to adjust. We constantly need to innovate. We constantly need to be ahead of the curve, ahead of the game. And even more importantly, I mean, disruption is, is the name of the game. It will always be there. The future, it's, it's really about um, disruption. It's about change. Yes. And, and we need to be to be able to, to adapt and being, being responsive. Um, besides just um, really, you know, our employees creating um, platforms and, 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 and capability for our employees to work from home with, with COVID and all of that, obviously it, it meant supporting them, uh, making them feel that we are with you um, as, as the leader team. Um, so, so basically it calls for, 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 for inspirational sort of um, leadership, a leader that could, could, will be able to inspire confidence amidst chaos um, and, and take people along. Um, and, Obviously, bringing people along, creating platforms for them to be to innovate. What we are currently doing, we've we've um, we've created a platform. We call it Ingenuity Incubator, for our people to start thinking creatively and contributing in solving real business problems, mm-hmm. um, and and looking into the future and say. This is um, what the pandemic or, or the, the disruption is bringing. What does that mean for us into the future? We need to reposition ourselves. We need to be able to turn the corner quite quickly. Uh, we need to be able to, to make sure that we are sustainable into, into the future. So the first thing is about supporting the employees. Um, for us, it was about supporting the employees during this time. But um, some of this shift are basically saying we need to be agile, we need to be dynamic, we need to, to make sure that we move with the times. Don't hold on things. Um, don't hold on the fact that this worked 20 years ago or 10 years ago, it was our formula, because that could be your failure or, or your recipe for failure in mm-hmm. the future. So be dynamic enough to change. So what um, 2010 taught me back uh, at Standard Bank, which was use- useful now, I can end it off by saying dynamism with a touch of grit. Okay. Okay. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to definitely quote that for myself. Like when the days are like, you're thinking, whoo, okay, this is a tough one. Dynamism with a touch of grit. Absolutely. And how has, how have employees, um, you know, how, how's their response to the more inclusive and more open dialogue approach um, that EPPF has taken? I mean, how, has, how have people responded to that? You know, Pumeza, the, 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 the energy that, is, um, that, is, um, that we're experiencing currently, and it, it also comes from the top. 
Um, when it comes to an HR agenda or, uh, or subject around people, yeah. when you've got sponsorship from the, the CEO, it makes things easy. Yeah. And he's the one, Shafiq Abrams, he's the one that's really pushing for, 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 for that level of openness, um, the experience being positive for our people. And, and our people are starting to see, to see that. Um, my, my workforce is very young. So, so, so it's dynamic people and very vocal, by the way. Um, <laughs> so you would know, <laughs> you would know, um, you know, um, they will engage you. So creating that platform to say, you know, talk to us and, mm. and showing the intention of saying, it's not just us having this conversation or opening the door to say, let's engage as uh, between ourselves and, and, and uh, as the leader team and you, because there's no us and them. It's about shared responsibilities, yeah. about shared power. They want to feel like they're contributing to the purpose of, 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 of the organization, which at the core of it is about helping our members prepare for, for a better financial future. And they are part, um, being part of that journey they want more. Can you involve me in, in other things? Can you involve me in strategic initiatives that I see that contributes ultimately to, to, to the overall strategy? Um, in the past um, few months, we've launched um, our, our, we reignited, let me use that word rather, our values of K. And throughout this time with, with, with COVID, um, it was important that we also show that EPPF cares Mm -hmm. um, through supporting them. And they're appreciating that. I mean, um, you can see that people really are saying that what you're doing, we can see, but we'll continue to engage you so that we, con we continuously involve. So the acronym of CARE, it, it, it talks again to, to, to what we do. We try by all means to weave CARE in all we do as an organization in order to make sure that our employees feel a sense of belonging. Wow. Sure. I love that so much because it's important that your employees, they don't feel like yet another number, but also especially in times of crisis, um, mm. you know, it's it's been shown that organizations, the, the conversations that take place are only limited to those in the boardrooms. So it's, it's mm. that secretiveness and people are like, oh my gosh, okay, what's going to happen? And especially mm. last year and this year, it, it goes a long way to show another level of care and trust when yeah. um, leaders bring in, you know, everybody to tell them, okay, look, I mean, there's certain things obviously in terms of like, um, confidentiality you can't really share but just to to have that open communication to say we we see you we recognize the stress we understand mm. um we're working on it but tell us what can we do to mm. improve um how can we share information with you um because a lot of time mm. we'll we'll rely on emails um as opposed mm. to having a town hall or as opposed to having an intranet video session where there's a Q&A. So there's, there's always ways to, to innovate um, while you're communicating, while you're also approaching the business from a, okay, how do we weather the storm um, and come out of the end of it stronger and having retained staff? Because that's also another mm. thing. So it's, yeah, it's incredible how, what you're sharing. If you were not in HR, what would you be doing apart from the Jamaica Travels? <laughs> I found that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's an interesting one. So, let's see. <laughs> so, yes, well, I, I love traveling, mm -hmm. by the way. 
and and definitely retail therapy. Anyway, if I'm, I was not in HR, um, I'm really passionate. I, I really love law. Hey, yes. oh, my second love it's it's law. So I would probably be um, in the in the law fraternity, wow. um, and yeah, I just I just. I just love um, the detail that goes into, I'm, I'm, I'm a thinker, by the way, the details that goes into analyzing, um, you know, a case and getting to a point of um, either resolving it, presenting it, and, 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 and all those, um, those, um, those processes. I mean, um, what comes to mind when, when we talk about this, it's, 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 it's movies such as Fracture, um, um, I think it was casting Anthony Hopkins, I think if I'm right. Um, so, so just when, when you look at um, that fraternity and, and what goes into it, um, it, it really interests me. It really, um, I, I enjoy um, communicating, engaging, and what is even close to my heart, it's, it's dealing, you know, if, if I had to move into another um, career, it will be dealing with gender-based violence type of issues from a law perspective. It is just close to my heart. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, I, I can understand that because I think there's so much to be done in, in that space. Um, and it's, oh, gosh, like, yeah, this is another topic. <laughs> We're gonna go in a completely different, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an important, and it's important, topic and issue that we face and you know I think there's just there's so many different ways that we can highlight the issues but not just highlight the issues but do something um, to change the way things are happening currently and also um, not isolate the the men and the boys in the conversation because Mm. they Mm. need to be part of it because a lot of change starts there with them um, so yeah, okay. In in your next life, or if the energy still allows, I'm I'm all for it. Go, girl. You do it. <laughs> Please, yeah. do it. we will support you. We will hundred percent support you. Hundred percent. And the yeah. last question I have for you, Travis Green's "You Waited." What does that song mean to you? Because I'm a Travis Green fan and Made Away is one of my favorites as well. Um, so you waited. Wow. Um, what does that song mean for you? And where does it take you? Wow. Um, this is this is really, really um, um, you know, quite it, it touches my soul. Mm. Uh, because we actually, this is my my husband's favorite song, by the way. We play it every weekend without fail, like full blast. Yes, <laughs> <be so> loud. <laughs> and and the message, I think it's 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 similar to 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 uh, you made made away as well. And and for me, I must I must say, um, wow, wow, I'm even getting goosebumps as, as I talk right about me too. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you, you know, when you think about the lyrics, um, you know, for, for me, the song is about the fact that, um, you know, if I look at my background, if I look at my past, it doesn't qualify me to be where I am. So surely, surely there must be a bigger power out there. There must be a God out there who just waited for me and, 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 and just... You know, that unmerited favor, 
Um, it has it has nothing. It's not because I'm deserving or I've done something um, so amazing to be where I am, to be to be role models to the young girl to say it's possible. It can be done. It's not because I deserved it. My my background doesn't qualify me, but there must be a bigger power. There is a God who really waited for me and this grace that he's shown patiently over my life to go at vast, to be, to step, just to step into varsity. Um, I was not a candidate for varsity based on my background, but to be able at the age of 16 to go to varsity and to be able to have people that I don't even know open doors for me without experience, allowing me to learn under their wing, pave a way from me. It touches again to that concept of Ubuntu. It touches again to that concept of servant leadership. It, it, it's just like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not deserving of, of everything. If it was just for my intellect, if it was just for my background, probably I wouldn't be here. That's why I don't even, I'm, I'm not, I don't even wanna know if God didn't wait for me, if God was not there for me. Um, where would I be, as the song says? Yeah. I'm a PK, by the way, so don't get me to start preaching. Oh, <laughs> girl. I have to, I must attract PK kids because it like, PK people. <laughs> uh, no, but you know what? The, the, the beauty in, in, in how PK um, individuals just live um, and find, and, and I found that, you know, the, the, um, one of my close friends, she's a PK, um, and the way that you know she's journeyed in her life, you you can tell it's 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 a peak. Yeah. Like, there's just something about it where you just see um, how their life path goes and how she's just transitioned in different ways. And I love the fact also that her her family didn't you know the, the forceful na- nature forcefulness nature of of being you know sent to church. You have to go to church. You can't miss a day of church. What will people? Oh God! Say? Don't remind me of this. Lord. So I mean, she she always tell me that you know eventually. Um, her, her parents' approach was that you know you can go if you want to go. We won't force you, and and mm. eventually she was like, no, I'm coming, you know. And and she grew she grew into that. Yeah. And I think she was saying that she learned to really appreciate and find her own relationship with God, um, and journey yeah. in that. And also then later on appreciates what being a PK was was like, and just to be able mm. to dip into that, but in her own way, on her own terms. Mm, mm. It's so important. And I mean, for me, just um, with regards to my own journey, mm. besides um, I'm not going to be too biblical now, <laughs> it just um, taught me a lesson of actually, you know, the book, Lift As We, as we Rise. Yes. That's important. Um, when, when you believe that other people paved the way for you, Mm. other people believed in you mm. it's my turn to do the same um it's my turn to make sure that um people that are looking up to me mm. back in my community in my surrounding where i'm at and i think i even have far much of a bigger responsibility because even in this day mm. my community um back at home Kuhlu, next to hazy view mm. it's it's not so much um you know um as it's not a sophisticated place it's a rural place mm. so these young kids are looking up to 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 some of us to say if 
If Shai can do it, I can do it. Therefore, I can't fail them. The same way others held my hand when I was this small little girl um, at 16 at varsity and throughout my career, like I said, started, um, you said it as, as well, um, at Fushini head office in Cape Town. Mm. There are people that held my hand and helped me through and, and taught me uh, business, corporate world. It's important that we do the same. And it aligns perfectly with my role. People is my business, as I said. Ah, and on that note... <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Shalas and Gunalek. Like, the conversation. I feel like we need a part two and three and delving into other parts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, so much for your time. Thank you for for your wisdom. Thank you for being so open and honest and and I think also just for taking a term such as servant leadership specifically. I mean even as you're speaking. I, I can sense that it's not just a term for you. It's not just something that you can uh-huh. you thinking, oh, this sounds good. Let me let me do it. You you really do care about what it is that you do. And it's not about the human resources, it's about the human experiences. And, yeah. and thank yeah. you so much for being part of this conversation. Um, it's so important and and I love how we just you, we just tying it all together, be like, how do we show up for ourselves, but yeah. how do we show up for others? Because it's about leaving something that the next generation can build on definitely definitely i think you're doing that so beautifully i think eppf is doing that as well um internally and also with um external clients so thank you so much for your time today on sister our conversations thank you for the opportunity let's keep on rising the flag of sisterhood yes i agree with that i love that (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you